This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. winning and New York Times bestselling author of Kick-Ass International Thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell. We are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. And Taylor, I, we were talking about what we would use for chit-chat, and Taylor's like, do you really think we should use chit-chat because we're still at VoucherCon, and we just did a whole show on VoucherCon, so no chit-chat. No chit-chat. And um, Taylor's going to take us into the weeds a little bit here. So we're talking about the, the idea that every scene needs a purpose and flashbacks and, and dealing with flashbacks, coming in and out of flashbacks and how to do that effectively. Right. So, so we have discussed this topic of every scene needs a purpose at least once, if not more times. And But there's there's so many facets of this. And so every time I come up against one, I'm like, oh, yeah, we've never talked about that specifically. So to the subject of every scene needing a purpose, this one specifically is in regard to bookending a flashback. And when I first mentioned this to Steve, he's like, well, what's a bookend? So don't worry, we're going to get there in just a second. First, we're going to discuss what a flashback is. And so in my personal definition, a flashback is any scene or setting that takes us out of the present narrative moment to describe or relay something that has happened in the past. So some flashbacks are as short as a few sentences. Others run on for pages. And so the author's voice and the tense in which the story is written are all going to affect the look and the feel of a flashback. So it's not like you can give just a single example and like, this is what a flashback is. It, it, there's a wide spectrum of what a flashback is and what it looks like. But sometimes... The transition from present to past is so deftly handled by the author that the reader doesn't even fully realize that they've left the present story in the first place. And there are really skilled storytellers that they can take the reader from present into a flashback and then a flashback within a flashback and then bring them all the way back out again without a hitch of the reading flow or anything and the reader has no idea what's just happened. All they know is they've just been pulled along into this story. So flashbacks are very useful in giving us history and things that came before in a way that is showing it to the reader instead of just telling it to them. So what's a bookend? And a bookend is my definition, and I, I don't know if anybody else uses this terminology, this is just me, and it's the narrative or the text, the writing, the details, whatever it is that leads you in, leads the reader into the flashback and then back out again. So it's the, book, it's the bookends, the stuff surrounding the flashback of the actual present day story. That's what we're talking today about is the bookends. And not all flashbacks have bookends. So sometimes flashbacks are their own chapters, they're isolated scenes that are broken out from within a chapter. And those types of flashback sequences, they tend to stand out on their own because they're entirely self-contained. There's nothing really leading into them. There's nothing leading out, out of them. They're just, they exist. And we're not going to get into tenses, what tense they're told in, whether they're italicized or not. That's kind of all just irrelevant to what we're talking about here. So what we're talking about are flashbacks that could be described as memories or reminiscing about something in the past 
in some way that connects the present. So let's say, for example, we've got our point of view character. Her name is Mary. Mary's on her way to meet Jim. Jim is Mary's former classmate, former love interest, and Mary hasn't seen or spoken to him in two years. So she's on her way to visit him now because he's the one person she knows who will be able to help her solve her particular problem. So Mary and Jim have this history, right? And the history is going to affect their interaction. In fact, the, this history, if, Mary, if Jim is part of this plot, it's going to drive their interaction. So, but the, the reader hasn't met or heard of Jim yet. So at some point before Mary meets Jim, there's going to have to be some kind of history introduced to explain Mary and Jim's, for, for Mary and Jim's interaction to make any sense, right? So how much of that explanation is going to show up in the story is going to depend on genre expectations, is going to depend on the author's writing style. And characters, small characters in stories who don't really play major roles, they don't really need a ton of introduction or a ton of backstory or anything like that. But in this case, let's say Jim is a major character, and this is the first time we're meeting him. So as a way of introducing Jim to the reader, the author could let the details of Mary and Jim's relationship entirely unfold through their interaction and conversation. That's really hard to do. If, if Mary's going to meet Jim and there's been no inkling at all of who Jim is, and she gets to the door and he opens it, and tension begins, well, hello, Mary, I haven't seen you in two years, right? So that's one way of doing it. Another way is that the author just simply states up front, no flashbacks or anything, saying that Jim's Mary's former classmate, her, his, her love interest. She hasn't seen him in two years, no idea how he's going to react um, to having her show up on her doorstep, and she's just nervous about it, and we see Mary being nervous, but we don't really know why. Or we could have a flashback, right? And here's where the book ending of the flashback comes into play. Maybe the author's going to take us into that history. So they're going to show it to us in, in a, a form of real time where we're going into Mary's memories, right? So she's on her way, let's say, to go see Jim, right? And so now she starts to think about him. And so we start to get that history, that interaction. She starts to think about who Jim is and, you know, her feelings of nervousness and, and all of that. And if they were in the really, really skilled hands, then the author might even go deeper from taking us into the history and then from there a memory within a memory and so we have a sense of, you know, the last time Mary saw Jim and all the things that happened. And we just really get a sense of who Jim is, what he means to Mary, and because we've just lived through those experiences through Mary's eyes, right? That's essentially where these big flashbacks are, the ones that have bookends. So using Mary and Jim as our example, we're going to I'm going to make up a scenario where the book ending can become kind of problematic and this is what what I want to dive into more deeply. And so in this example that I'm like I'm going to take the example a little further. We've still got Mary and Jim, their dynamics are the same, but instead of Mary going to meet Jim, the plot itself is going to require that Mary accidentally wholly unplanned bump into Jim. Now, for this bump into scene to work, the reader needs to already know something about Jim, 
so that Mary's reaction is an appropriate emotional response and so that the conversation makes sense. And so to accomplish this, the author's going to need to set up a scene several chapters earlier where Mary is, hypothetically, walking to work. And on her way to work, let's say, again, for example, she starts to think about some of her past relationships. And here's where we run into trouble. The book ends to the flashback, which is the present narrative leading into the flashback and leading out of the flashback in this particular sequence that I just described to you where Mary's walking to work and on her way to work, she begins to think about some of her past relationships, it doesn't actually serve a purpose to the overall plot of the story. Mary's just walking, she's on her way to work, but other than that, which is just a typical part of the day, that scene has no function or purpose to the plot of the, as a whole. The only reason it exists, the only reason it's there at all is to set up this flashback so that we already have a sense of Jim's existence. We already know that Mary has feelings about Jim so that when, several chapters later, Mary bumps into Jim, we're ready for it. It's been foreshadowed, right? Foreshadowing, good. Everything else about this, good. Creating a scene only to introduce a flashback, problem, because that scene doesn't serve a purpose to the story, and every scene has to serve a purpose. So when you put a character in a scene that doesn't serve a purpose to the story, other than, for example, in this case, to segue into this flashback, it has the unfortunate, unfortunate and unintended consequence of turning what could be really excellent foreshadowing into sort of self-indulgent navel-gazing. Here you have this character who all she's doing is walking and she's just deep in her own thoughts and thinking and overanalyzing and all of this. And at that time and place in the story, it's going to feel like, what is this? How does this connect to anything, right? And then eventually, when Mary does bump into Jim later, it's not going to enhance that scene. You've already stolen from it. So you've kicked yourself in the foot or in the face, whatever, but however it works, <laughs> twice. First, with including a scene that has no purpose. And secondly, when we do finally meet Jim, we're wholly unimpressed at this point. So there's kind of a rule of thumb when, when creating bookends for these flashbacks, and that is, if it's possible to delete that, to delete those bookends, without losing anything of value as it pertains to the, the current plot of the story, then those bookends don't serve a purpose and they're just taking up space. So when you're analyzing your own work and you're, you're looking at these bookend pieces, think about if I cut this out and this flashback just stood alone as its own without those bookends, would the story lose anything? And if the answer is yes, then they don't belong there, and it means more work is required. But there is an easy way to fix this, and easy is always in quotes and relative, and it's going to depend on you, your writing style, your genre, how you do your own particular storytelling. But in general, the easiest way to fix it without having to overhaul or rewrite is to give your character a purpose in that scene by front-ending the details on where that character is going, what they want, what their plan is, and so forth. So let's say that 
all Mary is doing is still just walking to work. But let's say she's got something else going on of what she wants later after work, right? So all of, I'll get into that more in just a second. So front-ending these details, when we, when we give the character, we, we kind of describe what it is the character wants, what their end goal is up front, then that now magically, somehow it just happens, gives that scene a purpose, and we know that purpose before entering the flashback. So once we leave the flashback, we just kind of pick back up with that where we left off, and now those bookends to the, to the flashback have meaning and it doesn't feel self-indulgent anymore. So let's say Mary's walking to work and we could make her frustrated that she has to go in at all, right? We could give her this goal of getting in and getting out as quickly as possible so that she can get on with solving this problem. And how much she hates going to work at all anymore, except for Bob, whom she's kind of crushing on, though he doesn't know it, and how Bob is so much different than her last crush, Jim, and you kind of get the idea, right? So we've given her a purpose. She doesn't want to go. She's going. She's got emotion attached to this. It's not just walking and aimlessly thinking. Now, the details of how you do this, they're always going to vary. It's entirely situational. It's based on your story, your plot, your characters. But the underlying point is that anything leading into a flashback has to be a part of the story. It can't be there only as a setup for the story, I mean, as a setup for that flashback. And so whatever pulls us out of that flashback also has to be a part of the story. And ideally, it's going to connect the reader to what led us into the flashback in the first place, and that's why we call them bookends. Aha. I think that makes sense. So let me ask you some questions. <laughs> okay. All right. So first, I want to go back to the idea when, when you said um, if, if the bookends don't further the objectives, don't, there's no meaning to them. Right. If you can delete them without changing anything, then they're not appropriate. So the first thing that popped into my mind is there are lots of things where if, if there's if nothing is actually happening in this scene, you can delete it. So you're not saying we can just delete the, the bad bookend and just go right into the flashback. That's a that would not be ideal. I was trying to think how that could possibly work without being jarring. So that's just to be clear, that's not what you're saying. Right. What you're saying is to take something that doesn't work and replace it with something that does yes. work by adding purpose to both the front part of the bookend and the back. Part yeah. Of so it it. Instead of having to go in and do a whole rewriting or a whole restructuring, you're taking what already exists and infusing it with more, you're infusing it in the present moment so that it's more than just aimlessness, more than just walking, more than just mm -hmm. thinking, and making it alive in the present moment as well. You know, to a certain extent, this is like character in motion, the kind of things that all of the, all of the ways that you want us to reveal like setting and things like that through character in motion. This is this is adding, putting two things together. And you're taking something that's not working, adding something to it, and turning it into something that's working. So it's Which not... is what most story editing is when okay. you go back and you're doing your future drafts. And we've mm -hmm. talked about emotional beats and, um, you know, character beats. Well, you could say that, to, to use other language that we've already used, you could say that, um, in this case, when a character is just going somewhere from here to there or the scene doesn't really have a purpose, it's missing its emotional beat. 
Okay. It needs, and, and mm -hmm. by giving it an emotional beat, okay. you can tie it into yeah. whatever's going on in the current plot. So how often, I, you know, I can see, well, I, I want to step all the way back to uh, the beginning when you were, were, when you were setting this up and you were describing um, really good writing where you go into um, a flashback and then maybe there's a flashback within the flashback and the reader doesn't even recognize it. Is it possible that it is so seamless that the reader doesn't realize there's a time shift and it's confusing? Because that's happened to me before when I'm reading like, what? And I, I have to go back and I think it. it can be. And I'm actually only aware that I do that t flashback within a flashback because of copy edit notes that have come back saying, uh, now we have to use this tense here because, you know, as you shift from okay. this to this to this, I, I get it. You know, I, my grammar is not always uh -huh. fluent, right? And, and so I know that I do these things. Um, I think that readers getting, the potential for a reader getting lost from flashback to further flashback is more of an anchoring issue. Of of the author mm -hmm. losing letting go of the reader in such a way that the reader isn't always certain where they are in time and place. So that is not a flashback issue. That is a a craft issue of the author not being on top of that. Okay, and it, it's funny how often it you know like we're we're talking about flashbacks and bookending flashbacks here but it goes back to the solution comes back to giving your character a purpose and there are lots of times when we're doing hack the craft type material it's like why is this person doing this it's just they're they're doing it are they doing it just because it, the author needs it to happen or you know what's the purpose right. for this and that's something that in my writing is oftentimes missing i have lots of uh, stickman-type characters that are just there as props so that my characters can do what do what they're doing, and, and they don't have a purpose, and that purpose seems to bring life. You know, when you do the hack-the-craft stuff and add the purpose, there's uh, there's much greater life to the scene, and it sounds like you're doing the same thing So here. I almost wonder if the another way to describe this, even though we are specifically talking about flashbacks, is... Every character needs in purpose needs a pur needs purpose. Everything the character is doing needs purpose, and it needs deliberate intent. There has to be a reason why they are doing what they're doing as it pertains to the current story. Um, so yeah, and when you say every character, and this again is something that gives me trouble from time to time, is the idea like a character A may have a purpose, and character B is just. A prop. A prop. So that's another. We're, I want to go into more depth than that in in another. It's more. Th it's more than we could discuss right yes. now. But that is another episode of making sure that your character, even your not point of view characters, how to keep them from becoming props. Okay, and then you mentioned anchoring um, and just the idea of anchoring, and that's one of the very early things that we talked about yes. way back when. You know, with the first hack the craft type episodes, the whole idea of anchoring. So a little refresher, because yes. I know that we need to do this for those who are recent to the show, is there are three sort of pil pillars, I guess you say, concepts to creating very vivid, coherent, 
prose that flows and where the reader doesn't get lost. And one of them is perspective, where we talk about how to craft scenes in such a way that the movies come alive in the reader's minds. And flow, that's perspective that we've got anchoring, we've got flow. And flow is one where the author, things that are in the author's head, information that is meant to be to get never makes it to the page and anchoring is a situation we run into anchoring trouble where the author accidentally lets go of the reader and so the reader gets lost because there's nothing there to anchor them to time place space and and the the way that i've described it in the past is it's like a masseuse always you always keeps at least one hand on their client because when you let go of the client and the client no longer knows where you are in in relation to their body and then touch them again, it can be jarring and it jars them out of that relaxed sort of trance state. And we do the same thing with writing. You You want your reader to always know where they are because if they lose their place in time and space because you've left out anchoring information, then when they get touch ground again or they figure it out again, it's jarring. It's somehow they just magically got from here to there. So those are what we call anchoring issues when that information is missing. But it's, it's interesting to me how often, I mean, you'll delve deeply into things, but they come back to these few core elements. Yeah. And it's, it's the way these elements can be utilized to solve different writing problems that's, that's, that's so interesting. Correct. It's one of the things that we're trying to do here yeah. on the Taylor Stephen Show. Solve, kick your writing problems in the butt one word at a time. <laughs> <laughs> so that wraps it up for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back to our normal home studios next week. And uh, we look forward to being back in your ears next Tuesday. We do. And we move through this pretty quickly. Um, I was reading off of some notes that I cribbed together. And so we didn't have as much of a back and forth exchange as we normally do. So if it left you with questions on how this particular issue might apply to your own work, you know you're always welcome to send those questions in. We can come back and revisit this on a, on a more mi- uh, micro level as it pertains to your particular uh, issues that you're dealing with. You can contact me directly by email, which is contact at taylorstevensbooks.com. You can contact the show at taylorstevensbooks at gmail.com. Um, or you can find us in the Facebook group and we will convert it over to what we need to do here on the show. Thanks guys for listening. Be with you next week. 